Hello once again, Spoilerites, and thank you for checking out another installment of Major Spoilers Classics. I didn't know if everyone was going to like the first one that we released, but you did. So we're back with another one. This time it's Werewolf by Night, the 1972 series from Marvel Comics. And why are we releasing this? Well, because Werewolf by Night just hit Disney Plus from Marvel Studios. It's only 54 minutes in length. It brings in all the classic horror tropes. It is in black and white with some color elements, and there are a bunch of surprises in this movie. Now, if you're wondering, is this a little too intense for kids? Nah, keep in mind that this is Marvel Studios, and it's also on Disney Plus without the adult uh, passcode that you have to put in. So while there are some scary elements, think the 1930s and 40s Universal Monsters, but Marvel taking on those tropes with their own characters. If you watch that, or if you've already watched that, and you're ready to learn more about Werewolf by Night, then open up your old classic collection all the way back from episode 748. Here's Werewolf by Night. The Major Spoilers podcast covers news, reviews, and of course, spoilers, and goes into details about the topics discussed. So if you haven't read, listened, or watched the items we talk about, you might want to come back later. Oh, Tatooine by day, werewolf by night. That's the discussion this week. On Amarillo uh, our, by our... morning. Ashley, why did you want to know about werewolf by night? Why? Yeah. I've never read it before. Oh, okay. I thought there may be something I, coming I up in your that life was... that... Oh, no. I, I was like, I didn't know that I was the one who prompted this. Because um, I read it, and I don't know if I know what happens in it. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> well, so let's let's take a look at this stuff. 1971, 1971, 1972, Matthew. Yes. We're looking at 1972. Marvel Spotlight number 2. Yes. Uh, a boy by the name of Jack Russell. Steven. Jack Russell is his name, and at the tender age of 18, he turns into a werewolf 3 nights out of every month. Jack Russell his name okay we get it there's a dog <laughs> by that name it's probably an intentional pun by jerry conway uh to, to... yeah jerry conway mike uh, plug and uh, based on an idea by uh, roy thomas oh well then the jack russell definitely came I'm from sure roy it's, i'm sure it's roy nobody loves a reference here's, pun more than roy. here's the crazy thing for many 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 years you could mm-hmm. not publish a werewolf comic Marv Wolfman couldn't even get his name on the cover of a comic book because his last name was Wolfman. And the mm-hmm. uh, comic code authority said no, no, no monsters, no werewolves, no mummies, no beheadings, no yeah. goofballs. None of that stuff can be no inside Jewish your comic. People. No, yeah, probably that, too. <laughs> Actually, not the comics code. They were probably mostly Jewish, especially in the day. Uh, yeah, Probably. But the, the, Stephen is actually true. The reason that DC actually credited creators in some of their anthology books was because Marv Wolfman's name got them in trouble. And so they had to put his name in a story and it had to say written by Marv Wolfman so that a reference within the story to a Wolfman was actually a reference to Marv and not to a character. But wow. something, but something happened. Finally, the the CCA lightened mm-hmm. up a little bit. I think a little bit had had to do with uh, Stanley going, "Hey, we don't need you, comic codes authorities. We're going to show Spider Man dealing with smack." 
And then uh, suddenly everyone was doing Wolfmans and vi- Vampires and Blades by Night uh, comic books. This actually came out before Stan did the Amazing Spider-Man story. Oh, they were okay. they started revising the code in late 1970, mm-hmm. and there were several revisions through 7071 that allowed for, for instance, you could have uh, law enforcement officers portrayed as criminals so long as they got yeah, they got their punished, punished at, the at the end. Yeah, yeah. You could loosen up. Uh, they said you could use Draculas and werewolves and and things. In Draculas his, and Frankenstein's. Yeah, yes, it, that's exactly what it is because they had to be references, literary references to those classical traditions. Which is probably why number one we have Jack Russell. Number two, why mm-hmm. the Bride of Frankenstein, Quasimodo, and uh, uh, Craven the Hunter all appear in this book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this is Jack Russell is at the forefront of a whole wave of monster heroes, because right after Jack, we get Ghost Rider, who's basically a walking skeleton. Dracula in Tomb of Dracula starts a couple of years after this. Frankenstein had his own book at Marvel for a while. The monster as hero riff was a big deal at Marvel in the early 70s. Well, and we also see that uh, come back around right now with uh, Cullen Bunn's Monsters Unleashed. Yeah. And now it's not the same it, universal monster type things, but it's still this whole monsters as hero uh, storyline. And it cycles. I mean, it's the same thing that gave us the swamp thing and his identical twin brother with a carrot nose, the man thing. I mean, in the Hulk. Yeah. The Hulk is actually kind of a precursor to it. it that yeah. that monster as hero thing became Marvel shtick. Well, so yeah, because uh, we see a lot of these guys from Marvel in the in 70s. the first couple issues of the Hulk, if I'm not mistaken, uh, isn't it at night when he transforms into mm-hmm. the Hulk and mm-hmm. not when he's angry and he's got to be locked away exactly. by uh, Amadeus Cho there and, uh, no, and Rick Jones. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, yeah. Rick Jones. He, he looks super like Solomon Grundy in the beginning too when he's all gray. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. So, gray with a square head. So Ashley, we've kind of we've kind of touched on Werewolf by night, 18 year old, uh, gets his birthday and, and turns into werewolf. What's happening in these, in these two short volumes that, that we've read. <laughs> would you call them, would you call them short? Well, so in the Marvel spotlight, so this Marvel <laughs> spotlight, if I'm not mistaken, was an extra sized issue stuff because they actually had like two different stories going on in there. Mm. And so we yeah, get, Marvel we get spotlight was a 36 page book. So werewolf by night runs in Marvel spotlights in issue two, three, and four. And then, it's like, hey, this guy's popular enough. We're going to give him his own title, which then ran for 43 issues until like 1977 or something like that. Yep. So fairly popular, but we're really only reading the uh, first three issues in the Marvel Spotlight and then the four issues mm-hmm. in um, in the whatever it's title. just called Werewolf by Night. Yeah. yeah. Werewolf by mm-hmm. Night, yeah. Basically, it's arky, but not precisely an arc. Because they didn't really do arcs in comics in the 70s. But this is relatively close to that modern I'm going to tell a story arc. It's sort of the trade. I mean, that's very like almost the entire first issue is narrated by Jack Russell, who I guess Wishbone wasn't a thing then. So the joke maybe <laughs> wasn't as funny. Um, and man, there's so much. You were like this dude's therapist, but it is him telling the story of his father. Um and the Dracula and how he came to be. Yeah. My daddy never loved me. Yeah, but he gave me like, this amazing turtleneck and a shirt that has some sort of uh, Fred Jones kind of cravat thing going on. Yeah. And like uh, my mom married someone else and then I got his last name and these people are going to try to lift my curse. And 
there's so many words on these pages. Well, and that's, again, I think sometimes the charm of comics from like the late 60s, early 70s is Mm -hmm. especially more so with Roy Thomas and some of the others. But this giant wall of text, which just inundates you with story. And yes, a lot of times you can skip over a lot of that stuff and just look at the pictures and read some of the uh, dialogue balloons to know what's going on. But here's this guy who suddenly is whisked into this world of monsters and finds he has a long lost barren father who has this curse upon him and people are trying to hunt him down. And there's a mysterious book because his dad was a warlock. And it's just it gets weirder. And he's like, and oh, that's where my trust weirder. fund came from. How cool. Yeah. And then and then his <laughs> then his evil stepfather sold his uh, family castle to some schmuck out on an island. And then it turns into like this weird island of Dr. Moreau's slash Craven's last oh, kind of a- stuff. That's a good description of it. Yeah. So what, I mean, hmm. so what are your thoughts then after reading this, Ashley, of, of, of this werewolf by night guy? <laughs> um, I actually think for a werewolf story, I think it's pretty good. And I really like werewolf stories that come out of this era. Me personally, where I'm going to make the joke of it is like once you wrap it around it, it's not that bad. The art is awesome, um, but where yeah. it falls apart, it is a part of the Marvel universe. Like X Men, I sort of want this to be in its own little monster bubble. Like Craven's a pretty good pull for this story, but I don't need to know that Spider Man could come waltzing in at any time. Yeah, you know and, what I mean? And I'm saying Craven, Craven the Hunter. Really, it's Joshua Kane, but I mean, it's this guy that's like. I'm yeah. tired of yeah. hunting all the other animals. There's only one He's animal really that's left werewolves, yeah. you know, and it's, it's yeah. that kind of thing, but it's, it's, it felt very familiar to me. And that's why I put in my show notes. Craven, the hunter shows up in this mm-hmm. because man, it's I the think most I made you didn't even remember that he wasn't Craven. The hunter, <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> well, so I'm, I'm wondering, Rodrigo, does this work as a standalone or should this be part of the greater Marvel universe where you know, at, in over in D.C., we had, what is it, the Monster Squad or whatever, Matthew, where it's like Frankenstein was working with uh, Sergeant Rock and all these other guys doing doing stuff. Uh, the the uh, Monster, oh, God, now I can't remember. It was the thing and the thing. What was their yeah, name? Yeah, but it's like they had Werewolf Monster and Force. Frankenstein and uh, some other, st- <laughs> yeah. other guys. And Medusa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot Medusa showed up in this, too. Uh, yeah. So, Rodrigo, should should Werewolf by Night be in its own universe or should it be part of the greater Marvel universe? Obviously when we talk monsters, Blade should probably be in werewolf by night, but you know, he's hanging out with Morpheus and Spider-Man and all that stuff. Uh, I mean, it, it really depends how, how you like to look at it. Obviously, um, there is room for these this weird supernatural stuff in the Marvel universe, right? The Marvel universe is tends to be very scientific, like super sciency, right? Right. It's like if you if you look at all of the super teams in the Marvel universe, they tend to be led by some sort of super science guy, right? Reed Richards or um, Tony Stark or Hank Pym or all of those guys. Um, but you know, there's always there's there has have always been all of these guys, um, kind of in the background, like in the shadows. Your werewolf by night, your werewolves by night, um, your ghost riders, your man things, all of those guys. Ghost, ghost rider. Your ghost rider. Yeah. Your journey's blaze. Yeah. 
mm-hmm. your Danny's catch, <laughs> your, uh, your, your Toki's war tooth. Yeah. <laughs> your spirits of no, that actually works. Never mind. <laughs> um, so uh, your Hobbs Goblin. <laughs> um, all right, all right, all right. Your wolves urine. <laughs> <laughs> You know, you do the the actually the Marvel universe has always had this other stuff going on, and sometimes you know they it crosses over into um, your mutant stuff or your superhero stuff, um, uh, and sometimes it kind of comes to the fore. Um, I remember there's been there's been plenty of like Marvel Dark mm-hmm. stuff where you know Blade gets a comic, and then yeah, he interacts Sweet. with. Mm-hmm. With Ghost Rider, and you know they will like pull your spooky guys from the other stuff. Um, your um, well, if I'm not mistaken, Doctor he... like Doctor Strange and 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 all the guys that yeah. that do magic from other teams. Um, you know Thor, Thor will get involved because he's a magic guy sometimes. Um, but you know then you know the the time will pass and all of these guys will just you know get sidelined again. I, I think it's it's a resource that the Marvel universe has and sometimes they go away and sometimes they come back. Well, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Moon Knight made his debut in werewolf by night. Correct, Matthew. He did. In fact, he was trying to murder werewolf by night. Well, see, there you go. And that's with his silvery weapons. And that kind of goes with blade too, right? He shows up in tomb of Dracula, which is a Dracula book a vampire book. And then blades running around. So, I mean, hmm, it's, I kind of see where the two bump up against one another. But mm-hmm. I think it's kind of scarier if Spider-Man doesn't have to be worried about running into a Frankenstein every 14th right. issue. And he just has to deal with, um, uh, I don't know, J. Jonah Jameson's and his bounce checks. See, I think I, oh, go ahead. to some degree, I have to argue against that for two. Reasons. I mean, there's One, there's a lot of times where it works good. I mean, if you're trying to tell a Halloween Spider-Man story or a Halloween X-Men story, then, yeah, I think mm-hmm. that kind of stuff works really well. I think that the Marvel Universe is successful partly because of the verisimilitude and the fact that Spider-Man can walk into a Dracula at any given point. And it's played exactly as dangerous to walk into a Dracula as it is to have, you know, Norman Bates or Osborne or whatever that fool's <laughs> name is mm-hmm. trying to throw you off a bridge and boink your girlfriend. I mean, that's part of the appeal of Marvel Comics in a lot of ways is they do these stories where it's like – Okay, you guys, you know the X-Men, the mutants, and it's a whole metaphor for all this stuff and and being left out of society and you're the outcasts. Okay, you're in space now. Yeah. And you're going to have you're going to have wacky space adventures and Cannonball's going to be a space guy. And okay. it works. Yeah, it works because you don't get locked into that formula. You don't get locked into Spider-Man is an eternal loser who can never win. Spider-Man can only fight the same nine people that he fought when he was 16. And if you introduce new guys, well, everyone will hate them and call you terrible things on the internet. Yeah. Uh, Well, and it's, and it's fun for crossover stuff, right? Mm -hmm, So mm -hmm. it's like Spider-Man is good at dealing with science freaks rampaging across Midtown, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, when he faces off against a, you know, some sort of monster, like a a vampire or a werewolf or something, 
And he has to team up with a supernatural guy like Blade because his usual punching it and making fun of it isn't working. Then, oh, he has to team up with the X-Men because he can't take on Magneto or he has to team up with uh, Blade because he can't beat up a vampire or whatever. You know, it's like it, it actually helps. It actually expands that Marvel universe to show that or you know it's like hey Shang-Chi I can't actually do anything about this can you teach me a little bit of kung fu so I can actually beat up this dragon right. something I don't know right yeah. it it actually expands the Marvel universe to show you that you know a it, it you know is like um you know part of the problem I, I think a lot of the time with why people are like, eh, Superman's stupid is because Superman is so powerful and so capable and so able to be everywhere at once that it like waters down stories where you should be like, well, where's Superman right now? The Marvel Universe doesn't have that problem because generally speaking, uh, you don't think that Iron Man has to be everywhere at once. Mm -hmm. You don't think that Spider-Man has to be everywhere at once because they don't have that ability. But right. it sure is fun when Spider-Man does for some reason, end up in Transylvania or, you know, somewhere else, right? Mm -hmm. When when you do end up with, like, Shang-Chi and Spider-Man and Blade in the, the same comic, and you're like, holy crap, what are these three guys going to do? I think do? I want to read that. Exactly. I want yeah. Ashley, were I, you were you here I, for... I, Ashley, were you here for our um, Blade discussion? I can't remember. It's such a long no, time and, ago. And, and awesomely, in our master list, there's a little note that says we did this for Ashley because she never read it. Oh, okay. And I, was, I was not here for it, unfortunately. Okay. Um, but I've also, yeah, never read Blade. Never have you, seen Blade. You haven't watched a movie or uh, anything like that? I've seen a, a photograph okay. of right. Blade. Of Wesley Snipes with a, with a buzz cut and bangs. <laughs> yeah. I'm dying for them to remake it with uh, the guy who plays Omar from The Wire. Man, that'd be so good. That's I, Since I they know. just cut him out of Star I think, Wars, like, it's got to work. Mark my words, that is where Netflix should go next. Oh, yeah, totally. Like, they should they should mm. put aside this Defender stuff. It has, it. they have kind of ran it into the ground. If they want to do low-budget stuff on Netflix or low-ish budget stuff on Netflix, they need to pursue you know, spooky Marvel. They need to do werewolf by night. They need to do blade. They need to do that stuff. Go back to your roots, Marvel. <laughs> yeah. They're probably, they're Stay. probably yeah. saving that for the uh, Disney streaming service. That's going to yeah. yank everything that we love off of Netflix in a year uh, or so. Yeah. yeah. I, I wonder, Hmm. I wonder Matthew, why werewolf by night? Mm -hmm. What made it end? It's obviously not as popular as Tomb of Dracula or blade because so few people, are super familiar with werewolf by night. What well, is it? Is it just a product of it? I mean, no, I'm just not, I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about a no, lot no, no. of people. Uh, I was actually arguing about blade. I think blade didn't really become a thing until the mid 1990s when they revamped well, it. But maybe I, I just, I remember seeing blade before I saw werewolf by night. I uh, think in, in that 90s, that 90s Spider-Man cartoon, man, it did wonders oh, yeah, for it did, Blade. It did have that, but I'm so, talking about like black and white Blade stuff, like one of those Marvel bigger issue type things. Blade was in Vampire Tales a yeah, couple of times. Yeah, so. maybe that's what it was. But but why Werewolf by Night? Not as not as popular. I mean, it's got werewolves. It's got this kid running around going, what am I going to do with my life? I'm a vampire. I'm a werewolf a three from, times. A, from, a, the, from the movie or the, the book. He's well, a yeah. new invention and he doesn't have the brand power behind him. I think there, there's a couple of things. Part of it is just the proliferation of monster heroes. 
And more interesting monster heroes. I mean, you look at guys like even Tales of the Zombie, which sounds like it should be super, super generic, has a really clear through line and a really strong story about a guy who was a jerk, had to come back to life, and in order to actually rest after dying and being resurrected, has to make up for all the jackwagon things he did. Mm-hmm. Other than your dad was a werewolf and now you're a werewolf, there really isn't a solid hook to Jack. And we find, you know, we talked about the Hulk transforming at night that went away quickly because yeah. it, it wasn't working. It was something yep. that felt kind of constrictive to the stories they wanted to tell and werewolf by night. I don't think it ever really got a solid hook. I also well, I don't think know. That I kind of Jack Russell hurt them. Well, yeah, I, I do kind of like the hook of the story that every time you're reading the comic, it happens over the course of three days and three nights right? The time that he's the werewolf. And so he's got a whole other month to move from another state to another city to do whatever he needs to do. So that by the time he gets the weird, wacky adventures, it's werewolf time. It's not one of those things that's like, there's someone over there. I must activate my werewolf powers. No, 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 no. But, but doesn't it feel like there needs to be something else? Like well, either he needs to be freaking out a lot like harder. That. Right. Like yeah. he either needs to be freaking out a lot harder, like, oh no, I haven't gotten far away enough from civilization for werewolf time, or aha, I have finally tracked down this gang of criminals. <laughs> now it's werewolf. Oh, I've got to wait four right? days like, before it's werewolf time. Yeah, I got yeah, ex- exactly. Right. It's like, oh no, I've gotten into trouble way too soon. Yeah. It's six PM and it well, won't be dark I, for another three hours. And we're not reading, you know, we're not reading all forty five issues. So I don't know if that ever happened. Uh, but you're right. Yeah. But I kind of like that. Here, are th- here, here's your story. It's taking place over the course of three days max, and right. that's why he's the werewolf. Um, because Act One sets up the conflict. Act Two, uh, he's getting into all of his troubles, and then in Act Three, he uh, has uh, Craven the Hunter uh, murdered by a stuffed bear yeah. on the wall. Yeah. Well, the most successful Marvel monster heroes have not just a hook, but multiple hooks. Tomb of Dracula became an ensemble book and you know the main the titular character is not the hero he's actually the villain so you come to a point where that book ended because the ensemble cast of heroes actually stabbed him in the heart and he died you know the the hook there was it's not about dracula it's about the extraordinary lengths that people go to to deal with a monster like dracula mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Ghost Rider basically became kind of an allegory for a man fighting his own base instincts. I mean, you can call it a demon in his head, but for all intents and purposes, you could take Johnny Blaze and tell his story, you know, instead of, oh, if I get angry, I turn into a Hulk, or if something happens, I turn into a demon. If I get really, really upset, I hit the donuts really bad. I mean, that's yeah. probably a bad example. There are, there are more dramatic really. ways you can do I mean, that. Yeah. What, 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 I mean, so, it is that, right? It's it's all about your baser instincts, mm-hmm. which Werewolf by Night is, uh, these issues of Werewolf by Night are approaching, but it's not there yet, right? Yeah, it's I wonder, are they trying to make I a... Mean, these, these, these issues are very close. Like, that's why I brought up the Hulk, is because they are that first, they're just so close to that first run of the Hulk. Mm-hmm. And that's why they're not quite compelling because there's a reason why they changed the Hulk. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like it's a good point. This yep. this thing that just happens because of a time of day um, is not as compelling as these things that happen for internal reasons. The family right. drama is compelling mm-hmm. and 
having to deal with the stuff that's happening because of the time of day is compelling but the 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 conflict of the monster inside is almost external it's also it's 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 not something that happens to him because of something that he's doing or because of something that's happening there so it just it that's that's what's lacking right which sucks yeah. because it's the character's connection to the to the book to the hook to the story right. yeah so it's just lacks, not quite there jack lacks agency right. especially in later arcs when we get to a point where jack russell yeah, Jack Russell. What he wants is to not be the werewolf, but the reason there's a book is because he is the werewolf, and you have the Gilligan's Island syndrome of you can't make every story about Jack not trying to find a way to not be the werewolf anymore, because at that point you just have to ask yourself, why not just eat Gilligan? Yeah, You have, you have that problem where if you resolve the core of the concept, you end the show, and the story can't be about resolving that concept because at that point, when you do it, you're done. If you want this to be an ongoing concern, you needed to have something else. And Jack kind of slid into standard superheroics, fighting guys yeah. uh, like Dr. Glitter Knight and fighting uh, Deprave. And he never had a costume. He just had green pants. And he's a, a brown, hairy guy in green pants. And even on the concept of a, a monster hero in a world where turning bright green and having purple stretch slacks from Sears is an iconic look for one of Marvel's superheroes. The green pants on a brown hairy body just never really clicked, I think, for me visually. Yeah. So um, the, the comic I'm thinking of from DC Creature Commandos, that's what we were thinking. Thank of. you. I was sitting here going, it's not monster. It's not monster. <laughs> You stop stop saying monster, Stephen. For God's mm -hmm. sake, stop saying monster. So, in summary, Werewolf by Night is interesting. It's missing Warren Zavon. Uh, uh, the wor the worst thing about this book is, uh, or about this this series that we read is uh, the gag about hiding the ancient tome of evil inside a box of cornflakes. Yes. <laughs> and the other, hey, it worked. The other. <laughs> Worst thing about this uh, this book is, I don't know. It, there's something it's, interesting about it, but the, but it's really missing. So if you get a chance for me, if you get a chance to check out Werewolf by Night, I say do it. Read read an arc of stuff and and see where it goes. But don't expect this ain't Shakespeare, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, Ashley, would you like to uh, to give us a summary of your experience with Werewolf by Night? My experience with Werewolf by Night was that of interested confusion. Mm. I think because of the circumstances of the time and because copyrights are a difficult thing to handle from time to time, uh, this book suffers. I think the premise is actually pretty good. Uh, there are way worse monster story premises. And even though I fell asleep halfway through... <laughs> I liked it. Rodrigo, your thoughts, your final thoughts, please. Werewolf by night. Um, I think there's a lot of good stuff here, but um, basically it is that kind of uh, early Marvel anti-hero stuff. And it, uh, I know, I know that I've read some good werewolf by night stories, but um, it it doesn't quite it hasn't quite found its feet in mm -hmm. these uh, in these six uh, stories that 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 we read here. 
Um, they they probably come later, and I don't remember which ones they are. So, um, I, you know, I would recommend if you want to see where where Werewolf by Night started out. Uh, but I, I, they're, they're, this is definitely not my favorite that I've read of the character. And Matthew, we're going to wrap it up with you with your final thoughts on uh, Jack Russell. Get it, Jack Stop Russell? It. Stop it. The thing about Werewolf by Night, and this is actually... This happens a lot in comics. It's got a lot of the right pieces and never quite mm. put them in the right order. Chunks of this book are still canon core Marvel used universe concepts. I mean, last season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was all about the MacGuffin introduced in these issues. The Darkhold makes its first appearance here, and it has become a cornerstone of Marvel's magic properties. And Jack himself is tangential to Blade and tangential to the the Midnight Suns and a lot of the weird Marvel stuff, but the, the concept of werewolf never quite gelled. But I say, if you get a chance to pick up one of these issues, first of all, um, I, I recommend getting yourself a reading copy, like a three and a half or a four, and just going through it and looking at what in the, the what is Mike Plug doing on these pages, because these are gorgeous comics. Mm-hmm. These are that's very true, amazing, just beautiful comics, and even the things that are weird and garish and freaky are amazing. But Jack has this this glorious mullet and 70s sideburns and the fashions are fascinating and you see they're like oh we're gonna go to this castle in the alps and and mike is like okay all right i'll draw you a damn castle in the alps you know throughout the whole thing it's just utter madness what he puts on the page and even though the story never quite gels together there's so many wonderful pieces here kind of laying around and they never quite got that puzzle to lock down to the point where people love it the way they would say, you know, your Tomb of Dracula's or your Ghost Riders or your Swamp Things, which of the same vintage became popular. I would watch all of those as a Netflix series. Seriously. What's that? The, the, Tomb the, of Dracula the Swamp, Swamp Things, Thing? your Tomb of Dracula's, your Blades, your Ghost Riders. Yeah. And your Did you watch Swamp Thing on the USA Network when we were kids? When we were kids, yes. But USA had just started... USA had just started and I didn't have cable. So it was on some kind of a weird syndication thing where it was like on Saturdays after or right before the, what was it? The new adventures of Superboy, whatever that, that series was. Yeah. And so you had to catch it at just the right time on Saturdays to see it. But I do remember watching one or two as they premiered, uh, live as they, as they first, those, those were great, but they had a budget of like 19 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, I think Knight know. Rider was more interesting at the time, so there you go. Knight right. Rider wasn't in syndication. Uh, I don't know, but it was on Fridays, Saturdays, I was busy. I'm, I'll never speak to you again. You have bad enough. <laughs> okay. Knight Matthew and I will be back tomorrow on Dueling Review to uh, bring us <laughs> a review. A long, <laughs> silent show, baby, so check in and, and just listen uh, to 30 minutes of Stephen going, hey, what do you think about that? Also, don't forget we've got that, uh, that other show, Legion Clubhouse, that we've been doing. A lot of fun there. Uh, this Friday, as uh, we prepare Zach for fatherhood, we continue our horror film festival as we take a look at Halloween, the original. That's uh, this week on Zach on Film. Thank you, Matthew. Thank you, Ashley. And thank you, Rodrigo, for being part of the Major Spoilers podcast this week. It's always so much fun having all of you on the show at the same time. And uh, listeners, thank you for being part of the Major Spoilers experience. We're going to be back next week. And next week, we're talking about the Flintstones, the um, the series that just wrapped up over at DC Comics. This is a Patreon request from one of our patrons to review this, and we're going to do it. 
because we know that you love comics and we do too. And we will talk with you soon. Stop talking about comic books or I'll kill you. I don't care if the Hulk could defeat the Man of Steel. I'm gonna rearrange your face if you continue to debate whether Logan's claws could pierce Steve Rogers' shield. I just couldn't care less if they bring back Craven. This podcast is copyright 2017 by Major Spoilers Entertainment, LLC.